Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. It is Saturday, which means I'm answering your questions. I love when you send in questions for the show, and there's many ways to do it. None of them are wrong. Most people um, put their questions in the Primal Potential Facebook group, which is free and open to everybody. Um, But you can also DM me on Instagram. That's the social media channel where I spend the majority of my time. Um, I usually post pictures of what I'm eating and what I'm doing, and I try to get on video at least five times a week on Instagram stories. So you can check me out there at Elizabeth Benton. But there's no wrong place to send in questions. We've got lots of great questions today um, on momentum when life gets hard, on having moderation without going off the rails, on questions that I asked myself while I was losing the majority of my weight. Um, So many good questions. So we'll dive into them in just one second. I want to remind you that I always give something away on these Saturday shows. And that is no different. You just have to listen to the end of the show. We will announce today's winner. It's totally free. I ship it to you no matter where you live. Special gift from me to you. All you got to do to be eligible to win is leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes or leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or share on Instagram or Facebook an episode that you've loved or something that you've learned. Just be sure to tag me so that I see it. And every week we pick a winner. So we'll announce today's winner at the end of the show. I think I'm going to give away a box of Energy Plus. That's what I'm looking at it right now. I always have them around me, but I've got an open box on uh, one of the tables in my office. It is a drink mix that has a tiny little bit of caffeine, but more than that, it's got some adaptogens. It's got vitamins and minerals in there. It tastes amazing, and you can drink it hot or you can drink it cold. It's one of my favorite things. It's about 55 bucks, I think. But I'm going to give it away for free today on the house. Just listen to the end to see who wins. Okay, first question says, how do I maintain momentum for change when life gets in the way? How do I maintain momentum for change when life gets in the way? What if you decided that life isn't in the way, right? Because there's a difference between it feels like life is in the way and life is actually in the way. I used to feel like my work stress would get in the way of losing weight or even that an injury would get in the way of workouts. But it's really not true because there's always something we can do. It's less that life gets in the way and more that you convince yourself life is in the way. So what if we just accept that things are going to happen Obstacles are going to come our way, situations are going to arise, circumstances are going to change, emotions are going to fluctuate, but it's never in the way of change. 
It's never in the way of change. It's just presenting a new circumstance, a new environment. Something has shifted, but nothing is in the way. There is always a way. I believe that that fundamental mindset shift from life always gets in the way when I'm trying to change, when I'm trying to lose weight, when I'm trying to save money, whatever. Shifting from that to circumstances are always changing, but nothing stands in the way. That opens you up to so many more possibilities. I really believe that the problem is more that you think life is getting in the way, that you tell yourself that life is, in the, is getting in the way, than that anything is really blocking you from change. Yes, you might have less time. Yes, you might have different priorities, but you still can create change. The next question says, how can I have some sugar in my life without always going completely off the rails? Okay, I know those of you who have been listening for a long time probably know exactly what I'm going to say, and I think that's a great thing because that means that it's not only a part of my thinking, it's now a part of your thinking. But I'll say it anyway. The question again was, how can I have some sugar in my life without always going completely off the rails? Let's say I came to your house today, you who asked this question, and I said, you know what? Um, let's pick cookies. And otherwise, we're going to eat super, super clean, right? We're going to do eggs and bacon for breakfast. We'll do cabbage salad and uh, chicken thighs for lunch. I'm going to grill steaks and asparagus for dinner. But we're also going to bake cookies and you can have just one. I believe you could do it. I know for sure that you could do it if I said, now look, I know you're probably going to want to have two cookies or three cookies. But if you have just one... I will give you $750,000 cash money, period. You would immediately be able to have some sugar and not go completely off the rails. We would talk, we would chat, we would have a good visit, we'd cook our other meals, we'd enjoy our steaks, we'd enjoy the process of baking cookies, you'd have your one cookie, it would be good and easy, and you would be like, what's the catch? Seriously, all I have to do is have one cookie and not two and I'm going to get $750,000? It would be easy because of your perspective, not because all of a sudden you developed a superpower that you didn't have before this conversation. You have it now. It's called your perspective. I believe that you can have some sugar in your life today and not go off the rails. Again, kind of like the last one, if you have a fundamental belief that you always go completely off the rails, that is what you are rehearsing. You are instructing yourself. It's like you are hypnotizing yourself and you don't even know that you're doing it because you keep reinforcing this belief, if I have some sugar, I always go completely off the rails. I don't know what's wrong with me. Even if I have a little bit, then it turns into a lot and I go completely off the rails. You are reinforcing the very thing that you do not want. So while, yes, there is a practice of this, there's before that a perspective change because all of our behaviors are preceded by a belief. If the belief is, if I have a little, I just go off the rails, then your behavior is going to be influenced by that belief. Your behavior is going to be dictated by that belief. When the belief is, I can do this just once, I've kind of been making a bigger deal out of it, and I think my mindset's been a big part of it. In terms of the scheme of what's hard in life, having a little bit of sugar today 
is so easy, you know? Like, oh gosh, how hard is life that I get to have one bowl of ice cream and not three, one bowl of ice cream and not 14 other treats. It's all in your perspective. And I'm not suggesting that just hearing me say this right now on this podcast is going to be the thing that shifts everything for you. No, that's why I work with clients closely every day for 12 weeks, right? Because it does take repetition. It does take rehearsal. If it was just as easy as, oh, yeah, you're right, that belief probably isn't serving me, and then everything changes, then I wouldn't do the 12 weeks of transformation. It does take repetition. It does take awareness. Most of the time, we don't even realize when we are reinforcing these self-limiting beliefs. But that's what they are. They're limiting what you think is possible for you. They're narrowing down your options artificially because you hold this belief that if, because it's happened in the past, that you're somehow limited in the future. That because in the past, when you've had a little, it's turned into a lot, that now in the present, you're limited by your past circumstances. No, you're not. You're not even a tiny bit limited. You're not limited at all. The only thing that abbreviates the options available to you that strengthens or, or, or diminishes the, the options that you can choose from is how you choose to see it. I could go off on that for a really long time, but we'll move on to the next question. This one says, what powerful questions did you ask or powerful thoughts did you think when you were losing weight? Oh man, there were so many of them. There were so many of them. I think the one that stands out to me just off the top of my head is I have one more good choice in me, right? Just for today. To go back to the previous question, like some sugar in my life without going off the rails. Am I capable just one time of having one cookie and not four? Am I capable just one time of having, you know, going out for ice cream and getting a cup and not bringing a gallon home with me? Yeah, I can do that for one day. So I would break it down into the smallest piece. I have one good choice in me, or I can do this just for today. That really became a mantra for me just for today, just for today. I've shared this before, but I had coworkers who knew that I loved Donut World. And so since they were on my team, sometimes they would bring things in to try to be sweet and, you know, whatever the nice things you do when you're working in that kind of environment. And they'd be like, oh, Elizabeth, I brought in Donut World. I love Donut World. It's my favorite. I don't live in that area of the country anymore, but Donut World is where it's at. Best donuts. I would tell myself, I'm not saying I can't ever have Donut World. I'm not saying I need to lose 100 pounds before I have a donut. I'm just saying, not today. Just for today, I'm going to say no. And I very well might drive to Donut World before work tomorrow morning, and that is fine. Not now, but I would say this then, because there's not a Donut World nearby, but it would be on the table if there was. Just for today, I'm going to say no thank you. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow, but just for today, the answer is no. I had a pattern of extending restriction in my imagination, like, oh my gosh, if I want to lose all this weight, I'm not going to be able to enjoy this and enjoy that and enjoy this other thing. And I made the idea of deprivation so huge in my mind, but it was all fake because number one, I wasn't really depriving myself. It was a shock if I went a week eating clean and not indulging. It was something that I made up in my imagination, fear-based to keep me from taking action. It was like I was trying to make a case for all the reasons and the ways that it would be hard. 
When the truth of the matter was, I wasn't saying I can never have a donut. I wasn't even saying I can't have one tomorrow or I can't have two tomorrow or I can't get them this weekend. I'm just saying not right this minute. And that was a really powerful tool for me getting started. And initially when it was just, you know, I have one more good choice in me, it was kind of getting to the next moment of a good choice. And the beautiful thing about that is you start to build momentum and you start to feel proud of yourself and you want to keep that streak going. But over time, it kind of turned into, I want to have a great day, just one great day. I'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. I wasn't saying I'm going to go off the rails tomorrow. I wasn't saying everything's an option tomorrow. I was just saying, I'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow. Today, I want to make it a great day. One day at a time. And I still use that in business. I might feel overwhelmed by all the things that I have to do in a given week. So many things, too many things, not enough time, blah, blah, blah. And I will just say, you know what? Today, I'm going to put the pedal to the metal. Today, I'm going to be focused. Today, I'm going to resist distractions. I'm going to see how far I can get. I don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I would overwhelm myself with the idea of this week before I even got to the actuality of it. You know, I was psyching myself out in theory. It was very rigid and strict. If I was off, then everything goes. And when I considered myself off, which I don't anymore, but at the time in my like dysfunctional relationship with food, I got into a pattern. I created a pattern where I would basically give myself permission for everything. And while I wouldn't normally eat tortilla chips, so I'm going to eat them. Didn't matter if they were stale, they're here, you know? Or, oh, well, there's a bowl of candy here. Since I'm off, I might as well eat it, even though it wasn't even really good, even though I didn't really want it. And that practice of asking, is it worth it? I'm not telling myself no. I'm not telling myself yes. I just, is this even something I'm going to enjoy? And that has helped so much because even now, when I'm eating something that I really love, like ice cream, sometimes I'll get to the point in the dish of ice cream where I'm like, I'm not really enjoying it anymore. Like the first few bites were amazing. And now it's not bad, but it's also not great. Like I could easily stop here and be good before I would just sort of continue because, well, since I'm off, I might as well take advantage of the opportunity because it's never going to come again, even though that wasn't true. Just the other day, I was actually, this, this happened. I was eating ice cream and there's such a diminishing return for me More often than not, the first, let's say, five to 20 bites of anything are going to be the best. And sometimes it's the first five or six, and sometimes it's the first 10 or 12. Rarely would I say it gets to 20, and I'm still like, oh, this is amazing. There's just a drop-off. And I pay attention to that drop-off. First, before I even begin, is it worth it? There's a lot of things I would have eaten before just because, oh gosh, I might not be able to eat it later. And if I'm going to eat it, if I say, yes, it is worth it, okay, where is that diminishing return? Where is the point at which maybe I'm not paying attention anymore? First, it was just this, yes, this is delicious. Now I'm paying more attention to the TV. Now I'm paying more attention to the phone. Now I'm paying more attention to my conversation. I'm not really enjoying it. Or I'm paying attention and it's kind of lost its luster. Have you ever had that with like a candle or something where initially you're like, oh my gosh, this smells amazing. And then two or three hours later, you don't even notice. It's sort of like blended in. And I think that happens, but in a much shorter time span with food. So the is it worth it question was a big one, but also am I still enjoying this? Do I want to continue? 
I never understood. Years ago, I did not understand how somebody could like have dessert on their plate and not finish it. I would watch those people and not even dessert, a plate of pasta, a slice of bread, a sandwich, a piece of pizza, because I would always finish it because it was there and I didn't want to miss out. And I really thought they were like part Martian. I just didn't understand what they were made of, that they could not finish something, especially if they liked it. And a lot of that for me came from the the restriction around food in my house growing up. And I knew that if I didn't eat it right then, I might not get another chance. But that's not the case as an adult. And now the reason that I'm able to leave a dessert unfinished or leave a meal unfinished is 100% because of those questions. Is it worth it? And am I still enjoying it? It's less about am I still hungry because... Hunger for me is something that it takes longer to catch up. So I could be eating a meal and I'm not totally sure if I'm satisfied, full, etc. until maybe 20 minutes after the meal. So that doesn't help me personally in those moments. But if it helps you, I think that's awesome. Everybody's different. The reason that I'm able to stop is because of asking myself, is this still worth it? Am I still enjoying it? And more often than not, a little bit in, 20, 30, 40, 50% in, I'm like, um, it's just, it's good. It's not bad. I don't dislike it, but it's not really scratching that itch for me anymore. All right, we've got a bunch more questions, so I'm going to keep rolling. This one says, I struggle with understanding the true difference between internal and external goals. First, let me say, I think it's okay if you don't understand I don't think you have to be able to differentiate here in order to make progress towards either one or both. The reason I start with that is because I see a lot of people getting held up because they don't understand something intellectually. One of the ways I've set myself free is by just allowing it to be that I don't understand. Sometimes I want to dive into it. If it is a strategy or something that I have to do and my understanding is required for progress, then yes, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to do further investigating. But most of these kinds of things are not required for progress. So understanding the difference between internal goals and external targets isn't something you need to know ahead of time. For me, I discovered this along the way. I discovered this along the way of, I have this goal of losing weight. That's very much an external target. I want to lose weight. Internal would be, I want to feel more confident. I didn't uncover that internal target until well into my weight loss. Oftentimes, these aren't things we understand ahead of time. They're things that we uncover and discover as we go. Don't get hung up on feeling like you've got to have the answer before you go. You're going to find it. It's along the journey. Think of it as like something that you will stumble upon, something that you will come to along the course of your progress. Just to give a few examples, an external goal might be something like $10,000 in an emergency fund. An internal target might be not stressing about money. Do you see the difference there? Uh, Weight loss obviously is an external one and self-esteem is an internal one. But again, I don't want anybody to get hung up on knowing this before you get started. It is very likely 
not going to be what you discover along the way. Even if you think you understand it before you get started, I guess is what I'm trying to say, you will understand it differently as you go, as you grow. If you want to ask a few questions to help you discern this, whatever goal you have, ask yourself, how do I think I will feel or how do I want to feel? What is my expectation of what will be different about me on the inside when I get there, you know? Uh, and so when I would ask that question about my weight, if, if I just knew I want to lose X amount of pounds, what is it that I think will be different? How will I feel different when I've achieved that? I would have told you, I'll be less stressed, I'll be happier, I'll be more confident. Those are internal goals. But again, it's okay if you don't figure that out ahead of time, you don't have to. This next one actually kind of has the same answer, even though it's a different question. What if I don't know what my purpose, my passion, my calling is? Me neither. I think that's fine. I have some ideas, but I don't know. And I don't know that even if you think you know, that doesn't mean you actually know. It's okay to not know because most of us can say, well, what is something I want to be better in my life? And you can start taking action towards that. What is something that I want to do more of? And you can start doing that. And it's very similar in my answer to the previous question that oftentimes your purpose or your passion is something that you don't decide ahead of time. It's something that you discover along the way to something else. It might be that you discover your passion on your way to becoming a parent. It might be that you discover your passion on your way to getting out of debt. And I believe that these things change for people. And it's really semantics in terms of if you can identify it or not. I am passionate about a number of things. Would I say that any of them are my passion? No. Is that right or wrong? No. It just is. And I think that this reflects that we feel we need certainty before we can take action. And I just want to encourage you to take action without certainty because the certainty is not required. All right, this one's a little bit more um, black and white. What do you put in your morning shake? I keep seeing pictures on your Instagram stories and it looks like you put frozen cauliflower in there. Why do you put frozen cauliflower in? Can you taste it? And what else goes in your shake? Okay bunch of different questions there. Let me just start at the top. I used to not be a shake person because I prefer to chew my food. However, let me tell you what changed. I feel like in a shake, I can pack in a whole lot more nutrients than I can in my typical meal. I'll give you an example. So last night for dinner, I had a cauliflower rice bowl with... Um, ground turkey, and avocado and salsa. Now, I think that's like a very healthy meal. We've got micronutrients in the cauliflower and some vitamins and minerals as well. Avocado, of course, is loaded. Uh, you got, you know, your veggies in the salsa and that sort of stuff, some protein in the turkey. Good. Great. I don't think that there is any truth to the fact that we can't have nutrient-dense meals. We absolutely can. 
But when I make my shake, and I'll tell you why this became important to me, when I make my shake, I'm putting in the protein, I'm putting in the healthy fat, but I'm also really loading it with a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't necessarily get in a meal because of its concentration, like maca powder, M-A-C-A. That is something that I take for hormone balance and mood. I'm not getting that from something that I can craft into a meal, you know, Um I put my probiotic powder in there. That way I don't have to drink it in water because that wouldn't be as tasty. Um, I put a couple handfuls of spinach in there. Yes, I could easily have spinach incorporated into another meal, but it's the, the, the culmination of these ingredients. I can make a nutrient powerhouse smoothie and I'm getting in more there than I would get in a typical meal, even though my meals are nutrient dense. So the reason that became important to me is first, when I was trying to get pregnant, then of course, while I was pregnant and then recovering from C-section, recovering from grief and trauma, that whole season that I'm still very much in, it became extremely important for me to just heal my body and give it as many nutrients as humanly possible. And it just feels more feasible for me to do that in a shake, right? So that's that's kind of the why there when I didn't used to do that. What I put in it. The liquid base is almost always a combination of half water and half either almond milk or cashew milk, unsweetened, whichever I happen to have on hand. Um, I don't use ice. Instead, I use frozen cauliflower. No, I can't taste it. Everybody's different. Um, I don't think cauliflower has any taste. It kind of takes on the taste of whatever it's in. So I use that for texture so that it's thicker. And I use it for cold instead of ice so that if I'm using, you know, mostly room temperature stuff, um, it's still cold. And then, of course, the added benefit of nutrient density in the cauliflower itself, vitamins, minerals, fiber, blah, blah, blah. More often than not, I'll put a frozen fruit in there just for flavor. I care less about the micronutrients in the fruit and I just use a little bit, like maybe a quarter cup of either frozen blueberries or frozen raspberries, um, a handful of spinach. Then I put in, so I do seed cycling for my hormonal cycle, it's really, really simple. First half of your cycle, you use two seeds. Second half of your cycle, you use two different seeds. So right now I'm in the first half of my cycle when I record this. So it's flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. In the second half of the cycle, it's sesame seeds and sunflower seeds, tablespoon of each. So right now this morning, it was a tablespoon of pumpkin seeds and a tablespoon of flax seeds and then a tablespoon of maca. That's all the time. I already mentioned what I use that for, and then my plant-based protein powder and my probiotics and a greens powder. See what I mean? Like tons of nutrients that if you tried to get it in a meal, it would just be like either huge or really disgusting. But when you blend it all, and I use a really good protein powder, so the flavor of that carries it. Um, With all of that in that, my protein drink this morning just tasted like chocolate with a little bit of blueberry. I thought it was delicious. When I have it, I put in there a vial of um, brain fuel from Beekeepers Naturals. I don't always have that on me. I don't right now because Chris took it all. But um, 
basically it's a blend of adaptogens, ginseng. It's caffeine free, but it's really great for, for a kind of relaxing, calm energy as opposed to a jittery energy. Um, so every once in a while, you'll see that pictured in my shakes. Again, it's called Brain Fuel. You can go to Beekeepers Naturals to check it out. And um, it'll also give you all sorts of information about that product. It's called their Beelixer Brain Fuel, um, beekeepersnaturals.com if you want to learn more about that. You don't have to put that in a shake either. You can just like take it straight from the vial. I just throw everything in the kitchen sink in there, but um, it comes in these really cute kind of travel-friendly vials. But if you want to know anything about like what particular products specifically I put in my shake, just message me. It's not a secret. I'm happy to share, but it would just be a very long list to go through right now. I think I answered all the questions about the shake. All right, last question. It says, I have a lot of pain and it makes fitness challenging. How do I not let myself get discouraged? Well, first, I'm really sorry that you have a lot of pain, right? That just really, really sucks. And there's many ways that we can approach this. The first one that came to my mind when I read your question was gratitude. Being grateful for all that your body can do is a much more powerful perspective than feeling discouraged by what it can't do. And um, there's a lot of people that really encourage me here, and I can never remember her name off the top of my head, and I feel so bad that I can't, but many of you will know who I'm talking about. She's a famous Paralympic um, skier, and she's sponsored by Toyota, and I'm, I'm totally blanking on her name. But anyway, she lost both of her legs. She was an athlete and she got sick and she lost both of her legs and she's had many struggles since then, but she continued to be an Olympic level athlete with no legs. And she had a lot of pain associated with her prosthetics and getting them to fit. And she did Dancing with the Stars and that was like really, really hard on her legs on prosthetics. And I think of people like that when I experience pain because the relativity and the context helps me. So gratitude is a big one. Then there's so many things that we can do to reduce inflammation that causes pain in our body. So I would be looking at, am I doing everything possible to reduce my pain, right? Sugar is pro-inflammatory. If you have chronic pain, have you eliminated sugar from your diet? That is huge, huge, huge. Have you done that? And then other things that are pro-inflammatory, have you eliminated them from your diet? Omega-6s that are common in processed foods and in grains, are they gone from your diet? Are you incorporating things like omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory, uh, probiotics, which also can be anti-inflammatory if you're taking the right strains. Are you doing absolutely everything you can to manage your pain? Start there. Instead of getting discouraged, get empowered to make the change. And then work with a professional who can help you work with your body instead of against it, who really knows the human body and can help you with the options that are feasible for you instead of you just feeling frustrated by the things that you can't do. I love asking or answering questions with you guys. So thank you all for sending them in. And I, of course, want to do that giveaway before we go. You can win something every single Saturday. You have a chance to win. All you have to do, all you have to do is leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or leave a review, and it could be and or. You'll get three chances to win if you do all three. Leave a review of uh, 
Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, I said that, of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, or share on Facebook or Instagram a screenshot of the podcast or something that you learned for it from it. Make sure to tag me in that so that I can see it and know that you did it, and uh, we will hit you up with a prize every single Saturday. Today's winner comes from Instagram, at Janie Ames, at Janie Ames, J-A-N-E-Y-A-M-E-S. You are the winner of today's episode and you get a box of Energy Plus. I will happily send it out in the mail to you no matter where you live. All you have to do is email Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at primalpotential.com within 60 days of this episode and we will get it out to you. No strings attached. Congratulations, Janie. Thanks so much for sharing the show on Instagram. Means a lot to us. If you have questions, get them to me. I love diving into this. You guys ask epic questions and it's just a fun way to connect with you. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.